There's so many things that we think we have to make harder and we just don't. Just say no to them. Say no to scrubbing the dishes. Say no to staying up until midnight, making sure the house is clean. What is going to make you depleted tomorrow if you say yes to it today? Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there. It's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Since it is Christmas morning, and I'm assuming you're celebrating Christmas. If you're not, hopefully you are just slowing down enough today to enjoy yourself. But because this day might be a day that's a little crazy for a lot of people, or maybe is a day that people want to slow down and enjoy, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to talk about how I started slow living as a busy, burnt out mom living in the suburbs. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to read one of the reviews that you beautiful listeners have left. Uh, If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, if you've listened at all in the year 2023 and you've benefited or liked any part of the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took the time to leave a review before the year ends. Uh, then I have so many to look forward to reading to you in the next year. But today's review is from Caroline Judd. This says, new listener, loved the three things that scared you. I have gotten so many reviews from this episode, and I'm so thankful because it felt kind of out of left field. So I'm just really thankful to be getting so many reviews from this particular episode. If you didn't listen, it's a few episodes back um, from Halloween, where I talk about the three scary things that caused me to start minimalism. But this review says, I have a parent that is addicted to alcohol. The way you describe the situation really spoke to me. Movies and media really don't show what alcohol addiction is like. This episode had me thinking about my values and how even though I barely drink, I am still addicted to material things. I need to change so I can hold the things I really care about closer. You're going to make me cry (laughs) Uh, because I relate to this so much. Um, And my dad's addiction is something I'm currently struggling with all over again. Um, And I'm currently feeling this urge to just spend like crazy, which is something I've been wanting to share with you guys 
um, I won't dive into it too much into today's episode because the topic was something different. <laughs> but I just want you to know that I feel you and I hear you on this. Um, and letting go of that addiction to material things and shopping is so difficult and is something I am still struggling with, despite the fact that I show up and talk about it so often. Um, so thank you for leaving leaving this review. It means so much to me. I'm so glad that that episode spoke to so many people. I always hesitate talking about death and addiction because it's a heavy topic. Um, but these reviews are leaving me the reminder that it's a heavy topic that a lot of us are dealing with. So. All right, back to Christmas, <laughs> back to good things, right? And hopefully finding the time to practice what's good in our lives today. But as we go into this Christmas day, I'm going to try to imagine that I'm sitting on the couch Christmas morning because we worked so hard to create a slow lived Christmas for ourselves. Um, just like I have worked to create slow living in every area of my life. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today about how I started this slow living process, even though I'm a busy mom in the suburbs. Because when I first started wanting slow living, I didn't know what it was. There wasn't a term for it. There wasn't a word. I just knew I wanted slow days. I knew I wanted my days to be my own. I had this kind of like um, fantasy life in my head based on Wayne Dyer. I always talk about Wayne Dyer. If you haven't heard me talk about him yet, you must not be listening to me good enough. <laughs> I feel like I talk about him so much. Um, but he would talk about his days living on the island of Maui. Oh, I live on Maui. And oh, I read books. And then I just calmly share my thoughts on those books. And he obviously does more than that. But that was what I took away from. And I was like, this is your life. Your life is walking on the beach and just you know, studying books and taking a knowledge. And it was something that sounded so good to me. Like it's literally making my hands tingle just talking about it because I love that so much. And yet I have to fight to make that happen in my own life. Like when I first read about him, when I was first hearing him talk about his life, my first thought like yours, probably yours as well, was like, okay, good for you, buddy. I don't live in Maui. I live in freaking Minnesota. I'm not going to go walking barefoot in my backyard, freeze my cahoots off. Like, I can't do that here. Good luck. Good for you. It's not possible. Okay, good job, Wayne Dyer. You're like 70 years old and you don't have kids to raise. And when you did have kids to raise, you were the working dad. So your wife was home with the kids. I just had so many excuses. And those are there. Those excuses are valid. He is older than me. He does have the opportunity to slow down more. And you know, he did go through his life with kids and maybe didn't do it as slow. But I knew that there was some part of me, every part of me wanted to incorporate that into my life. But I just didn't think it was possible because look around. If you're living in the suburbs like I am, or if you're living in the cities, if you are working a job or your husband's working a job or your partner's working a job and your kids are in school or you've got kids that you're raising or, you know, we all have so much fast paced busyness happening every day that it can be hard to even believe that we can slow down. So I want to share with you how I worked into slowing down and it hasn't been a short process, but it has been a worthwhile process. So first of all, the slow living movement that we're going, that we're in right now, um, is something like the videos come across my TikTok of slow living. And it's like always someone crunching through the leaves in the woods, 
babbling brooks kind of streaming through the trees, someone, you know, making tea with like a kettle on an old timey stove. Um, it's very aesthetic. It's very beautiful. It's very calming, but it kind of reminds me of, you know, like that same feeling of keeping up. This is something I shared on an episode, um, episode 97, that six signs you're doing minimalism as a trend. You know, I could easily see, and I did for so long, see all of these videos of people who are doing slow living in the middle of the woods, completely away from the busyness of the city and think that I need that and I can't be happy if I don't have that. And I need to make exactly that happen in my life. When the reality is I might go a little bit crazy if that was my life. I might not want to be in the middle of the woods, chopping my own firewood. If you want to hear me, bitch, have me chop my own firewood because I would, I would not want to do that. But some people do. That's great for them. And I love seeing their aesthetic videos, but at the same time, I'm like, how many people who are living like me want to know that it's possible to slow down right where we are? You don't have to escape to the woods to slow down. That's, that's not how it has to be. So that's why I'm bringing you today's podcast. That's why I'm starting to share content more around slow living in the suburbs and practical ways of living. Um, but my slow living for me started by getting clear about knowing what I wanted. And like I said, the more I listened to Wayne Dyer talk about his life, the more I craved that in my own. I had always thought of myself as like a bubbly extroverted person, but the more I get to know myself, the older I get, the more I'm like, I'm actually pretty introverted. I actually enjoy my quiet time. I love escaping from the noise and the busyness of the outside world. And right now, as I'm recording this, I am so exhausted. I spent the last two mornings in my bathroom crying. Why? Because I've been so busy. I've been so busy and I'm no longer used to it like I used to be. Before, I used to be busy and probably just would build up this anger and stress and just snap at whoever I felt like. And I'm not going to lie, I've snapped the last few mornings. But I can now recognize I'm like, okay, I, when I hear myself say, no one's doing anything for me. I'm doing everything. I'm so busy. I'm doing everything for everybody. I'm doing everything. That's my sign of, well, that's your way of saying slow down, Renee. That's my body's way of saying, go back to slowing down a little bit. And it's not always easy. There are going to be times where it's faster. There's going to be times where it's slower. There is a woman named Jenna Kutcher. I don't know if you'd call her like an influencer, um, but I was listening to her audiobook. And I loved when she said that a lot of times we fear slowing down. You know, we, we don't want to step back. We don't want to do less um, because we're afraid we'll never be able to pick it back up again. And I, this was the first time I ever had anybody like call me out like that. That's so true. I feel like that all the time. Like if I miss a day at the gym, I'm like, well, I've broken that habit forever. I've ruined it for life. Or if I eat a piece of pizza, I'm like, well, Every single salad I've eaten or every water I've drank before this is completely gone. It's waste. I'm so quick to like think that I've just gone off the deep end and everything's over and I've ruined my life. I'm so dramatic. But what she said was when you take those times to slow down, remember that you know where the gas pedal is. If you have to hit the brakes, you know where the gas pedal is. And that's what I've had to use the gas pedal for the last week. And I'm just so ready for tapping the brakes a little bit you know, and we're going into Christmas currently as I'm recording this. So I'm sure there's going to be some busyness that comes up ahead of me, right? But I know that I want to actively work to incorporate slow living into my lifestyle. 
what I wanted more than anything was to just feel present in my own life. That's what I wanted the most when I was listening to Wayne Dyer talk was like, he just seemed like he could be present with his own thoughts. And as a mom, hi, any other moms out there? Do you feel present with your thoughts? I sure don't most of the time. Most of the time, someone else is consuming my thoughts. I can't even hear myself think. I can't even pretend to know if I can think anymore. And now as my kids are getting older, I'm starting to get glimpses of those times where I can hear myself think again. I promise it's possible. But I'm so used to the go, go, go. A lot of times that just feels so natural. But I'm getting ahead of myself. When I decided that I needed to slow down, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to just stop. Like I said, I couldn't just slam on the brakes right? I didn't even know how to pedal, push the brakes. Like maybe all I knew was where the gas pedal was. That's really it. I only knew where the gas pedal was. So I thought, well, I just need to like find myself. I need to create some space. I just need something. And I needed something actionable and hands-on. That's why I started to declutter my closet. And this is why I titled my ebook, The Gentle Art of Letting Shit Go. Because I wasn't just decluttering. I was letting go of so much dead weight, physically, mentally, spiritually. It was all there. So I went through and I decluttered my closet and I got rid of like 90% of the stuff that was in my closet during this first massive declutter session. Up until that point, I only decluttered my closet just enough to make sure I could fit in the latest things that I had bought, right? I bought 10 items and I'm like, well, I got to get rid of 10 so I can put these new ones in. This was like a declutter with nothing to add back. And it felt so good. It felt like something off my plate immediately. Because if we look at it in the simplest way, I only had a few options for outfits to choose from. So every morning, instead of doing the like, should I wear this, try it on, throw it on the ground, try it on, throw it on the ground. I had only the things that I loved. That's how I decluttered my closet. I know I've talked to you guys about that before. That I asked myself, what do I love the most? What do I always want to wear in this closet? And that was all that I kept was the things that I loved the most. That way, every single morning, everything I put on felt good. Everything I put on, I loved immediately. And that instantly saves me brain power. Not only am I creating space in my closet, but I'm creating space in my brain, creating space in my life to just be able to grab what I want, put it on and move on with my day. No stress of, I hate how this feels. Like I remember putting things on and hating how they feel, how they felt. I hated how they looked. I didn't want to wear them. And then I would chuck it on the floor. And then later I'd come back in and there'd be like three or four shirts on the floor that I didn't want to hang back up again. Then I'd be mad that I had this mess in my closet. By eliminating, I instantly freed up time, energy, and space. And by not shopping more, I freed up more money too. This is what I talk about. This is everything I talk about for you guys, with you guys. And so I loved the feeling of having a decluttered closet. So I kept going and I started just eliminating stuff. And it wasn't like, um, you know, going through room through room. Something I talk about is, you know, just having um, a dump pile, like a pile where you're like, this stuff is going to go to donations when I get a chance. So as you go through your life, this is kind of how I started my declutter process. I would come across something and be like, you know what? I don't really love this. I had like little signs that I bought from home stores or blankets or things that I kept because someone gave them to me. And I would come across that thing and, and realize like, I don't actually care about this. I don't actually need this. And I would add it to the donation pile. 
And I just kept going through that process of eliminating and creating space for myself because the more I created space physically, mentally, emotionally, the more I created space and room where I could change. I could, I could be that different version of myself. I could learn to slow down. Um, and as you know, like we went through the process and we wound up downsizing our house, but even still, if I didn't do that, I needed to cut back on work, which I did. I wound up doing that as we downsized, I scaled back on how much I was working in my photography business. I could do less work and say no more, um, to things that I really didn't want to do, but that took me a while to figure out too. After our family downsized our house, we started working to pay off debt and build an actual savings because for decades I would transfer $100 to our savings account, but then I would end up transferring it right back to our checking when we had overspent. So when we downsized, I decided to get serious about saving money for things like emergencies and for fun things like travel. The first thing I did was open a high yield savings account that was separate from our current checking account. That way, it wouldn't be as easy for me to just pull money out whenever I felt like I needed it, and I knew it would force me to take my spending and my saving a lot more seriously. So if you are in a similar boat and are hoping to up your game when it comes to saving money, one of the absolute best accounts to get started is called Savings Connect. This is a savings account that pays close to 5% when you set an automatic savings deposit of just $100 per month. This is 11 times the national average, which means if you use a current savings account that's attached to your checking, there's a good chance you are not making nearly enough money. So if you're at a place in life where you're committed to changing your financial future and you actually want to start getting some money in the bank, you can get started with a Savings Connect account for as little as $100. Just head to reneebennis.com forward slash save to learn more. And I will fill you in on all of the details. That's reneebennis.com forward slash save to learn more. I had to learn how to, first of all, get really uncomfortable with being still because it wasn't something I was used to. Like I said, I only knew where the gas was. So it probably started when I really had to start getting uncomfortable with stillness was when I decided to stop trying to always keep Tom happy. I always wanted to keep Tom happy. It's not his fault, it's mine. And I remember actively trying to stop. He would come home in a bad mood and every part of me said, you better get up and you better cheer him up. You better make his mood better. You have the key. You're the only one. You can do it. You can do it. You have to do it. Talk about childhood trauma, right? <laughs> this was all stemming from my, what I had learned from living with my dad. I'm in charge of his emotions. I need to make his emotions better, right? That's my job. Um, and I didn't want that to be my job anymore. And I also started to see logically, like, it's not possible. I cannot physically be in control of someone else's emotions. And if I keep trying to be in control of someone else's emotions, they will never be in control of their own emotions. I need a husband who has learned to regulate his own emotions. So if I keep trying to regulate them, he's never going to learn how, right? I knew I needed to stop. I was saying this recently to somebody and I can't even remember who, I think I had a woman reach out to me on Instagram. She DM'd me asking about how to stop people pleasing your husband, um, which is something I'm learning a lot of women struggle with. Um, but I told her, I said, I used to just get a book, like a book for me. It was a Wayne Dyer book, of course. And I would sit down in my reading chair when he came home in a bad mood and I would just read, I would just open my book and 
focus on the pages and not look up at him and be super uncomfortable. And I said, a lot of times I wouldn't even read. I would be so too stressed to even comprehend what was on the page. But it was like, I gave myself something else to do that wasn't just busy work. It wasn't me just being busy. And I've had to do this over and over again. You know, being okay with being bored. Once we downsized our house and I decluttered a lot of my stuff. You guys, I've talked to you probably before about the PTSD that I had from cleaning. Whenever my house started to get a little cluttered or messy, I would panic because I it would induce stress in me because it took me so long in our previous house to clean. So when I would see a mess start in this house, I'd be like, oh God, this is going to take forever. I don't want to do it. I would just get overwhelmed until I started to clean. I would clean our house and go, oh, that was really fast. That didn't take very much time at all. It was really easy. But then I got to this point where my house was always clean. It just kind of maintains a cleanliness. Not lately, it feels like. <laughs> As I look around, I'm like, you have, I've just had to clean off the stove today. I've got a pile of laundry in the corner, but it's a lot easier to maintain. But then the thing that happens, I decluttered all my stuff. I created all the space in my home. Then I had no choice but to sit in the silence and the stillness. So I started journaling. I started paying attention to myself. I started listening to my intuition more and being guided by what felt good and what felt right. But I need you to know it was really uncomfortable at first. Sitting still is uncomfortable. I dare you to try today. If you're one of those people, you want to get up, you want to make the cookies, you want to make the hot cocoa, you want to make an amazing breakfast for everybody, you want to open up all the presents, you want to clean up the entire house. I challenge you to find little pockets of stillness where you can to practice the slowing down. Because if you want slowing down in your life, it has to be you that implements it somewhere, somehow. And I also want you to know it's not easy. Another thing that I've done that I've shared with you guys uh, is just practicing pausing in the middle of that chaos, like a slight tap to the brakes. Maybe you're just like not quite comfortable with the brakes yet. So you just kind of tap them for a second, just like a quick tap, 70 miles an hour on this, on the highway, quick tap to 65, you know? I did this when my kids were young and I'm thankful for that. I I still remember the moments of snuggling up with my little ones in our big, in my big bed. We would all take naps together. Like every single day we did nap time together and I loved it so much. I loved holding their little bodies and listening to their little breathing. And oh, I can just, I can still remember the feel and the smell and everything of it because I would actively pause myself in those moments. Einstein talks about how time is relative, you know, and so often we just speed through, we speed through time, we speed through it as fast as we can. So I try to take these little moments, these little pockets of time, do it today. You can practice this today. So many times I bet where I just take a deep breath and like absorb everything around me. I will look at the site in front of me. You know, that would be like me with one child, one one child on each arm, looking at both of them, feeling the sheets on my skin, feeling the warmth of their bodies on my shoulders, like hearing their breathing, smelling their smells, and truly just capturing a moment. And it really only takes a few seconds, like three seconds to totally absorb and slow down one moment. 
And the more we do this in those fast moments of chaos, the better we get at it. And the more we let time slow down, the more we let those moments slow down all around. And then I think when we do that, we better, we are better able to like start to enjoy those little things. We're better able to enjoy those little moments, like the smell of the Christmas tree, the the look of the twinkling lights, you know, the smell of our kids, the feel of their skin. Um, and maybe you don't have kids and, you know, that's not the perfect metaphor for you, but if it's someone being with your spouse or being with your friends, those moments when you're laughing hysterically with your friends and maybe everyone's around a table, everyone's got some good food in front of them, has a drink in their hand or no drink in their hand. And you just kind of like want to appreciate the heartiness of that moment. I have moments with my girlfriends like this and I just want to go, oh, I'm so lucky for them. I'm so lucky to absorb all of them and all of this energy and this laughter. It's so great. And the more we pause those little moments, the better we get at appreciating them. And I've worked to kind of implement this slowing down into the things that I do, like cooking. I used to love cooking. I still love cooking. For a while, it got to be something like I just did because we needed to eat, right? Mama had to get food on the table, so she did it, okay? But now, um, within the last few months, I started watching the Selena Gomez's cooking show, and it made me want to start enjoying the process of cooking. I like watching her chop the fresh vegetables and chop the herbs and put it all together. So if I'm being honest, it's maybe once every few months that I allow myself to fully immerse in the process of cooking or baking. You know, and especially, uh, I always let my kids help cooking and baking. So if, if you've ever let your kids help, you know, it's not a slow, enjoyable process. <laughs> I mean, maybe you did slow down and enjoy it. I basically had to grit my teeth and power through because the mess gets bigger, you know, but I'm at a point now where I don't have to necessarily do that. My kids still want to help bake and stuff sometimes. And sometimes they want to help cook. And I try to help them do that because I want to give them those life skills. But for myself, when I can find those moments of enjoying the process of cooking and creating something, uh, it helps slow down time, but it also just heals my heart. It makes me happy because I'm doing something that I love. So maybe for you, that's gardening or reading or knitting or maybe it's even cleaning. Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe it's folding clothes. Maybe you love the warm laundry and you love folding. Everybody else hates it, but you love it. Who knows? Or it's when we have those little moments of snuggling. Like I try to take pictures. The other morning, my husband was laying in the bed. Tom was laying in bed. My son Madden was laying in the bed. Both of our dogs, our daughter was still sleeping. The daughter, Kato, who was still in our house was still sleeping. But I took a picture because I was like, oh, I love moments like this. When we're all piled in the bed, those are just my favorites, that feeling of closeness. And I started to enjoy walks again. This was another something that I kind of felt like was reserved for those special kinds of people. They were the only ones who got to have walks. I followed a girl on Instagram who lives in LA and she's like, oh, for lunch, I take a hike. And I was like, oh, for lunch, you take a hike. And for you, I always am quick to just feel like it's not possible for me. I was like, oh, that must be so nice that you can just leave work. Oh, and you just get to go take a hike because you live in LA and just hiking is everywhere for you. That must be so nice. I live in the middle of the suburbs. Everything's kind of houses. That's all I'm surrounded by is houses. And I used to be a real whiny turd about it. Lately, I've started walking despite the fact that yes, I'm walking through 
a neighborhood and not beautiful hike views, you know, but I've loved it. And there are little moments like, um, when the first, when things first frost here in Minnesota, I love looking at the frost and then ice starts to freeze and you can step on the ice and it crackles under your shoes. I love when the leaves fall. This is the best. You guys, when the leaves change color and they fall like the red leaves, the really bright colored ones, and they land on the black pavement of the walking trail I go on. And the contrast of the red leaves to the black pavement with the green grass. Oh, it's just so beautiful. And the blue sky. I love taking it all in. And it's because I actively started pausing and believing that I could pause and choosing to slow down over and over again. But another way that this is going to be possible for you, because I think maybe you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, that must be nice for you, Renee. And I get it because I felt that way for other, about other people when they would talk to me like this, like, no, good for you. It's not going to happen for me. Good for you. But create those little pockets of time and ways to do less. Like I said, be willing to let go of the stuff that's keeping you cluttered. Be willing to let go of the stuff that you're overmanaging. For me, there's three other things that have really been super helpful in helping me slow down. And that was letting myself off the hook for being the perfect mom. Oh, I was the perfect mom for so long. You have no idea, but I was also super angry and stressed out all the time. Like just the other day, I was making myself breakfast. I pre-make myself breakfast for the whole week, except for eggs. I make my eggs fresh every day, but I've been pre-making hash browns with pepper and onions. So like red peppers and onions with a pre-made box of hash browns. My son-in-law made this for us for one breakfast. And I was like, you know what? This is good. This would get me to eat more veggies, like to throw peppers and onion in for my breakfast. I, I always loved the idea of being someone who ate veggies for breakfast, but I was never, couldn't ever find anything that worked. Using the instant hash browns worked, you know? And now I've got, boom, breakfast made for the whole week for myself. And I do this more where I just pre-make, like we've been eating tacos for the last week, you guys. And I don't think anyone compl- would complain. And it's all fresh ingredients. I homemade chop the pico. I make the pico myself. We mash our own avocados and just add a little bit of seasoning. We have genuinely healthy, good tacos that we feed our family. I just use the Costco pre-made seasoning. It's just basic seasonings. I've also just made it myself before. That was what I did before I bought the Costco seasoning. I made it my own. And I pre-make my meals for the whole week. So that every day I am not hustling around trying to get something on the table, right? Um, years ago, this was buying frozen veggies instead of having to buy them fresh and hand chop them and make them every day. It was like frozen veggies and put them in the microwave. Yep. It's in a plastic bag. Yep. It's in the microwave. Yep. Both of those things make me feel gross if I think too much about them. But the bottom line is I'm losing my mind and I need to get dinner on the table. I would rather do, uh, frozen veggies than a bag of chips. You know, I'd rather do frozen veggies than McDonald's. So, so be it. This is what it's going to have to be. There are times where I just had to throw my hands up and say like, so be it. This is what's going to save my sanity. This is what's going to help me slow the F down. I'm just going to do it. Another thing is saying no. I know you guys have heard this. You've heard it a thousand times, but are you doing it? Because saying no is like the most liberating thing I ever learned how to do. And it is so hard if you're a people pleaser like me. Even I think I have like my one, probably my closest friend, we kind of practice saying no together. We're like, okay, we're going to say no together. And we kind of started just saying no to each other. Like, Hey, um, do you want to 
do coffee? And I'd be like, no, like sometimes I don't want to do coffee because I already feel overwhelmed. Like this week I, I have like a date planned with my neighbor. Uh, My neighbor recently lost her job and I told her, let's get together and we'll talk about it. But this week, like I said, I've been running around doing things for everybody else. I'm burnt out. This is me first for the first time. I'm actually sitting this week, like and calmly just talking with you guys. I don't want to cram a date in with her when I can't be fully present, when I'm going to be stressed and anxious about it. So I got really good at saying, no, today's not going to work for me. No, I don't want to go to that. You know, my friends have asked like, who wants to come? There's like a Botox party or something. My girlfriends were going to, and I was like, that's not my thing. There's that part of me that's, oh, you're going to miss out. And you don't want to not be with your friends. And if your friends are all going, you should go. But I didn't want to go. So I said, no, but there's so much power in it. There's so much power in saying no to the things you don't want to do. I think sometimes we can say no too much, you know, because, uh, I know my husband and our older daughter, destiny, both never want to go to things. They never want to go to family functions. They never want to go to social events, but when they go, they feel happy. And I've had both of them say to me, will you please remind me that I like doing these things? Will you please remind me that I actually like going to social events, that I always like it when I'm done? You know, so if that's you, maybe that's, maybe that's you. Maybe if you're overwhelmed and you're busy at work and at home and someone invites you out and your first instinct is like, oh God, no. But you know, maybe you need to say yes and get the heck out of the house. Maybe it's saying no to the extra chores. Maybe it's saying no to the dishes. I've seen the story go around where this woman was talking to her therapist and was sad and stressed because she would load up the dishwasher and they would come out still dirty. So she'd have to hand wash them. And she was just exhausted about it. And the therapist said, just do the dishes again in the dishwasher. Just do a second wash. You know, there's so many things that we think we have to make harder and we just don't just say no to them. Say no to scrubbing the dishes. Say no to staying up until midnight, making sure the house is clean. What is going to make you depleted tomorrow if you say yes to it today? And lastly, ask for freaking help. I have gotten so much better at this, you guys. It's crazy. Uh, Even when I'm struggling emotionally, just texting my friends. I am not good at communicating when I'm struggling um, face-to-face, not even with my closest friends. So I sent them all a message. I was like, I am struggling. I need help. Life feels really hard right now. Um, I just need you to know because it, it needs to be said. I need people to know that like, if I'm flaking out on things, this is why. And Tom, bless his heart, is an overworker, a chronic overworker. He'll come home and be like, I still have to do this and this and this and this, and I have to get this done and I have to do this. And the truth is, I'm like, you don't have to do any of those things. I was like, why don't you ask the kids to do this? If you need, I can do this. You know, he tends to overload his plate. And I know because I've done the same thing. You can ask for help, especially if you've got family, if you've got people living in your home, do not think that you have to carry everything on yourself. Because this is something I've seen happen time and time and time again, right? You come home. Things are messy. You get mad. You take it out on the people you live with. Versus you come home, you see things are messy and you say, hey, would you help me do the dishes? Or could you do the dishes while I vacuum? If you live with good people, they're going to just go, yeah, I can help you with that. Or or maybe they've got something else going on or whatever, but you can vocally say the things that you need. That's something we all, I think, have to work on getting better at is not just carrying around the anger and resentment, but 
openly asking for what we need. Um, especially when it's help. There's no shame in it. There's nothing wrong with it. We all need help. And a lot of times people feel good being able to offer help to you when you need it. All of these little things, all of these little practices can help you practice that slowing down. Even if you're living in a chaotic world, even if you have a busy work schedule, even if you're running from appointment to appointment to a sports game to, you know, social engagement, if you're just very busy and you are just looking for those little pockets of moments to slow down. Try some of these things, apply them to your life because I promise you they're life changing. And today just might be the perfect time because I'm guessing today for you can feel like a really busy, exhausting thing, or you can take the time to use it as a practice, a way to slow it down a little bit. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.